Good morning, afternoon, night, whenever the hell you listen to us. This is Drunk Discussions, and we're your hosts. I'm Paul. This is Connery. Connery, what are you drinking on today? Uh, I'm putting putting away the rum, but I am drinking a Victory beer. Uh, it's Golden Monkey. It's a Belgian-style triple ale with added spice. Nine and a half percent. Um, so Golden two of them. Monkey. It's what a actually, name. I drank, uh, I think, what? Uh, six of them last night with uh, Lauren. For some reason, we were like, hey, let's throw a kegger. And uh, How many did Lauren it, have? Lauren had two, but she also had two shots of vodka, which is basically... For her little stature, that, yeah, she was gone. And I mean, what? She hasn't really drank too much in the past two years. So. That's fair. That's fair. Well, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm switching it up with some of my favorites. I'm going with E.H. Taylor Single Barrel Store Pick. And it's fantastic. I yeah. love this. So let's do a cheers. Oh, we have shit. a... Oh, yeah. Crack it oh, open. Crack, crack it open. Crack open a cold one. Let's do a cheers to you and everyone if you're drinking along. We have um, an interesting podcast today. That's to say the least. So hold on. Yeah. Get ready. Wait, 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 wait. No, I don't want to roll the intro yet. Fuck Why that. not? <laughs> Why not? Because... Why not? You've been busy working your ass off and just working, but you've also done a lot of different things this week, haven't you? I just changed the studio, man. It, it looks, looks nicer. Good. No bed behind me, you know. You're actually center in frame. I kind am. Of. I, I am. I, I mean, like I'm a lazy dude. You got like Steve Buscemi lazy eye. If you think you're centered right now, isn't Steve Buscemi who played in Mr. Deeds as crazy eye? Is 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 that is that is that how you say his name? Buscemi. Bushmi, Bushmeal, Steve Bushmeal. I'm terrible with knowing actors and their names, to be honest. I only know that because I watched it today. That was the movie that Tyler and I were watching. But anyways, uh, yeah, I was just asking how your week was going. You know, I haven't, I haven't really talked I to you. I work every day, and I look forward to this. That's how I, I was, get through my week. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, the only updates I get from you anymore are like on Snapchat, and you're like, I'm pooping. Well, that's like. I'm like my main source of communication, sadly. So, I mean, yeah. it is what it is. Like, you squeezing one out. You're like, God. Good yeah. Wednesday morning. Oh, hey, buddy. <laughs> Fuck, uh, wow. All right. Let's, let's, let's roll that intro. Nah, you just wanted to say it. What happened was we, were, we got caught up in a drunk discussion, and then he burned the bacon. Where we talk about everything and know nothing. You know what I mean? So it's, it kind of seems like a win-win-win. Here's Gerald. Come <laughs> on, everybody, I'm dead. <laughs> Just draw a dick on it. It's not offensive. It's a dick. Everyone's got a dick nowadays. You can tell me more, because I don't know anything about it. Oh, Flapper's a 1920s dancer, you motherfucker. Um, got a lot of bagels. I like my bagels. Chug 30. Cheers. Salud. I mean, this shit's free, right? Monday morning. Time on in. Drunk Discussions. And we are back, guys. Thank you so much for joining uh, Drunk Discussions podcast. Uh, we do have a lot that we want to talk about today, some of which I mean, involved... No, no, the first one is I think it's about time. Huh? I think it's time. We are you proposing our... to me? Well, yes, but no. The time we change our intro. I think it's time we do an update. We're already in season two. I mean, we might as well. Um, was this episode 63? No, we're way past that, buddy. We're at like 67, 68. No. Yeah. I, I'm the one that edited, edits them. We're at 63. 
No way. We were at 63 in January, buddy. Uh, yeah. No. Uh, I don't know. We'll figure it out. Regardless, I think it's time we do an update. So if any of you guys that are listeners and you follow us heavily, if you have any ideas that you want us to add to it, go ahead. Or if you make your own or edit it, you might have a chance for us to use it if you send it in. Yeah, I think uh, we could definitely use some sound clips from last episode where uh, we talked about pegging. We could probably throw in some like overlay of like, come on, men, let her play with your stink wrinkle. You know? No, shut up. Stop. <laughs> Stop. Um, all right. Well, shit. So today I went to the farmer's market. Um, well, it's like it's called Flea Masters. It's in Fort Myers and it's thousands of fucking shops it sort of reminds me of when i was in mexico i went to las americas the mall but we got lost i've been and... there with you you've t- taken me to this flea market yeah that's where you bought uh that tray and some other yes, stuff yes i did it was a yeah, good that... time it does uh, go on forever there's thousands of little shops there is um so we went around to all of them today lauren was like we got to be careful here this is where sex trafficking happens i was like I'm looking around. I was like, I'm the biggest fucking guy here. I was like, nobody's going to fuck with me. And she was like, like worried for your baby. Yeah. Well, she's worried about the baby. She's worried about herself. I get it. She, they're both little together. They're the same height as me. Um, and yeah, so we're walking around and she says, there's this blonde woman following us. And I look and I'm like, oh, this is like a late forties, probably early fifties women, woman. Um, and Jesus like, Christ, it's Jason Bourne. I was like, oh, you think this is like a uh, fucking... Who is Jeffrey Epstein's accomplice? Uh, the the woman. What's her name? Gladdell Maxwell or whatever. Gladine. Glad- yeah. Glad- Jislaine. Jislaine Maxwell? Jislaine uh, Mixwell. Uh, yeah. So I was like, is this a Jislaine Maxwell situation? And I... I keep keep my honor because she is literally following everything we're doing. She's waiting for us. I'm like, this is fucking weird. Anyways, it turns out she just wanted us to get out of her fucking way because we had a stroller. Uh, and she was catching up to what looked like a 900-year-old woman. I was like, honey, I don't think they're sex traffickers. I was like, even if they are, I just go for the knee and they both will probably end up peeing themselves. I was like, we'll be okay. Jump on her back. <laughs> just start <laughs> screaming at her. Like, no, you... Oh, uh, sorry. I probably shouldn't say that out loud. Jeffrey himself. I I gotta say, a lot of us we use social, and we've talked about it before. But there was something that was very interesting that happened. There was a video that went viral uh, of a lady sitting in a nail salon, and obviously all of the women in there are of Asian descent, and they have you know Asian news on from from China. And everyone stops what they're doing and turns and watches the video. And this lady gets out a translator app and it go- went viral because it, it hit like six, seven hundred thousand views in like an hour. It, it was insane. It keeps it, it's grown exponentially since then. But pretty much what it's saying is that China has uh, discovered. Actually, I'll read the thing myself. A video posted from TikTok on February 6th or sorry. Jam, I can't even talk. March 6, 2023. More than 700,000 views within the first hour. China reports in the study of an uncharted land and said they have decided, discovered, sorry, discovered dinosaur-like creatures that are over 13 feet tall. What? Yeah, you heard what I said. And they broke this news. And there's a video on TikTok 
of all of these women that are in a nail salon, like, stopping what they're doing, watching the TV in awe. And this lady was like, you know what, I have to figure out what they're saying. Translated it, turns out, same thing. The news is reporting that China has discovered an isolated island with dinosaur-like creatures. Now, it kind of piqued my interest. And I was like, is that possible? Is there a way for us to, like, hey, there ha there's more islands than we think of? I mean, we have satellites, right? The same week, and I showed you this too, Japan did a survey with their satellites of their islands and discovered 7,000, I'm saying that correctly, you can look it up, 7,000 new islands. Bonkers. I'm sorry. It, within a world today where we think that we are, you know, so technologically advanced now, we're able to find new islands. Is there a possibility that there are some creatures that, unlike nothing we've ever seen before? Well, I mean, so I pulled up the map. Uh, I went over, we found, we found basically straight from... Um, she was Japan. I don't, I don't have a, I don't have a way to pull it up, but yeah, it was it Japan? It was an actual uh, geological survey. Um, their satellite, pretty much. You could pull it up. We 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 went into a rabbit hole. Connery's really good at that. Yeah. Anyways, so found it, and the, they're classifying an island anything that's like within 150 meters across, right? So generally, pretty small is what's considered right. an island. Uh, anyways, there, so there is a bunch of islands that they discovered, um, and it's not that they discovered it, it's they took better satellite photos. So you think of satellites as a tiered system. Uh, most of the footage that they get, you can't see something that small from where it's at. You actually have to dial in its focus camera so and stitch it together to get high detailed shots. What was very interesting in me and Connery while we're doing this rabbit hole dig is we're like, you know, most of us around the world think that Japan is technologically kind of on the same level as us, you know, you, you see videos of Tokyo and the stuff that they're doing downtown. You're like, why can't we do that? Like their infrastructure looks better. Their technology looks better. Um, that's, a, that's a lie uh, because we were, we were digging in this rabbit hole. Turns out Japan is still using CDs to upload their information from their satellites. Um, and that kind of blew my mind a little bit. I wonder, so even their website hasn't really been recopyrighted since uh, like 2013. No, no, it was 2020, I think, was the last update. 2020 was the last article posted. Right. Um, until recently. Until recently, yeah. So there was a huge delay, and probably related to COVID, um, I would imagine, because they took it a little bit more serious over there to the point, you know, people were getting locked, They're locked still, away. They're still battling it. Yeah, yeah. We just forgot it existed, and then people just get sick. They're like, oh, it's a flu. <laughs> Give me that ivermectin. Um, anyways, uh yeah, so we're, we're taking a look at all these different islands, and we're, from, from a high-level view that you're looking at these photos, you're like, what the hell, there's, there's snow here? And you zoom in, and you're like, That's, those are houses. I didn't realize how condensed and how populated those islands are. Like, even the smaller islands, the, yes. the little barrier islands that are within Japan, there's, there, there's no wildlife. It's just covered with housing. Yep. And, and and then we kind of, it was one rabbit hole to another. Cause like when we're watching this, I'm like, that's a lot of snow. And Connery zooms in. He's like, um, I didn't realize that's all houses. And then we look at Tokyo. It's massive. Like every river and every basin in all of Japan has houses. Everyone, yeah. we spent hours watching this and looking at it. Every river, every basin is covered in home, which well, is incredible. 
you got to think about it though. Like if you were to change the U.S.'s infrastructure, the best way to do it is to basically replicate what we did to Japan. Um, allow them to, to a fresh start. Shut up. I, we're to blame for how technologically advanced they are. But the thing is, is we we're holding them to it like kind of our standard, right? We look at what we see in our media, in our movies, and what we see from here. And sometimes it's not. It's like. I don't want to say it's like skin deep or what it's not uh, at it doesn't seem that they are as advanced as we thought right because like we don't we use automatic updates and direct to our our you know our um I'm having such a brain fart here yeah um, from our satellites what is it? it's a uh, we talked I'm, about it I'm gonna let you think on this one no no help me regardless it uh, we have direct update where like we can hook up to uh, hook up hook up to our satellites almost instantaneously and they have to wait for the feed to come in, upload it to a CD, then download it. We well, haven't no, done that, I, I feel like, since the 2000s, early 2000s. They're probably using CDs, I would imagine, because of the reliability factor. Um, but at the same time, they're just transferring data. I mean, see, you would think they'd have different systems, but... But we can do it almost instantaneously, is what I'm saying. And they're having to upload it to a I CD, and then, you know... It, it, probably... it was just mind-bottling regardless mind-boggling boggling yeah that word bottling. cheers to that bottling boggling. that one tomato tomato the reason why i brought up the flea market though um dude the fucking fruit and vegetables that they had there looked like they were fake they were so good looking they're delicious because they are but they are fake. why do you say that well i mean like kind of back to the dinosaur things right and it, uh, think about it like Jurassic Park, right? In Jurassic Park, they genetically made the dinosaurs. We as humans have genetically made and altered pretty much everything you handle today. Every fruit, every vegetable, normal cattle, animals, we have genetically changed them. And if you don't believe me, go ahead and Google it. Corn. Uh, I have a list Corn? actually here. Corn, soybeans, um, broccoli. Lemons. I mean, it, the list goes on. Alfalfa, sugar beets. Um, you can go pretty much inevitably on things that we have genetically changed to make them better for us and for the environment. Obtuse, rubber goose, green moose, guava juice. Yeah, all of it. <laughs> Giant the snake whole kit caboodle. Um, I was actually looking into the... So, Paul and I, we do what we call the five-minute fucking research because we'll probably just learn stuff as we go on, because that's that's how we procrastinate. Um, so Paul was looking into the fruits, vegetables, uh, consumable products, uh, energy-related products like corn and shit like that, uh, looking at ge the genetically modified stuff there, right? I was yeah. looking at the animal side. I didn't realize when it comes to regulations, it's basically a deregulated market as far as genetic engineering on any level even Absolutely. with livestock and other animals i didn't realize that like there's but now you think people are probably wondering like why right well the biggest thing is one for total uh you know production reasons for we have grown so drastically in such a short period of time we had to change the food to give us more nutritional value or a or taste better regardless um but the one that's crazy if you, if you look up some of these like what the banana originally looked like like we changed that when the banana originally came from like Papua New Guinea and over there in Malaysia area about seven to 10,000 years ago. We started taking the bananas that were 
more, you know, appetizing and keeping those. And we kept keeping the best one out of it. And we have slowly over time changed what a banana looks like. Um, tomatoes, same way. Uh, watermelons. If you look up what the original watermelon looked like, you would not eat it. I promise you. And if you've ever had a banana inside of your body, you can thank scientists for the girth and size. Right. I mean, corn's the craziest one, right? Because actually the natives were the ones that did it. So even before, um, you know, the Englishmen or before Spain or Europeans came over here, the natives were already genetically changing corn or maize to get to the output that they needed to make the food and sustenance that they needed. So every corn single, you know, corner of this planet, we've changed what we eat. So I remember, for some reason, this is a core memory talking about this when I was in sixth grade. There was this guy named Mr. Bauer who was, um, if you ever see this, Mr. Bauer, I doubt you will, but you're a piece of shit. I feel like this is the second time you've called that man. Yeah, he's a piece of shit. Fucker wrote <laughs> me up for farting one day. Um, anyways, so... <laughs> wait, wait, <laughs> wait. He wrote you up. Did he, like, you're getting expelled for fucking letting loose the winds? No, like, I didn't, at that time, I didn't know what lactose intolerance was, but I love fucking milk. And lunch, you get a bag of milk, you know? And Wait, did you just say a bag of milk? Yeah, that you unlocked a, little, a core memory right there. Yeah, you get a fucking bag of milk, you stab your straw until you chug that bitch. I would trade people my food for milk. I love milk that much. Anyways, that makes you a farty motherfucker when you go back. It didn't, didn't love you, did it? it I didn't. Uh, this was before my body like really started dating it and then it would just be gas but i would get you not be able to fart on command and be able to it was every five minutes if that it was probably uh, nothing i could do about it i was like all right well i'm farting <laughs> uh yeah anyways got rid of that's that. kind of crazy that he would write you up for like bodily functions like to be fair to be fair that shit was loud was it smelly too? Were you like gagging no. the whole room out? Because I've I've nah. been trapped in a truck with you overnight, <laughs> and a fart does not clear. What like ninety? <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> I said, uh, what was it? Oh, twenty square feet isn't a, enough room for a fart to clear. Yeah, it, it's not. It's not at all. Old camper truck. Uh, back to the fucking crops though. So. To produce crops commercially, biotech companies apply for what's called a deregulated status, the green light from the USDA to plant and distribute without restriction. So you've got these genetically modified crops. And I was going back to that core memory before you interrupted me. I was in science class and he was like, why is corn the most perfect genetically modified food out there? I was like, well, it's basically produced to the largest size it can be. It can't be any larger, uh, the ears of corn, because the stock isn't strong enough to support it. So they would have to change the stock through a breeding process to become thicker, stronger, more resilient, uh, to be able to withstand larger ears of corn. So think about genetically modifying all the way down to the cellular or down to the DNA. That can be easily changed just through cross-pollinating each uh, plant. So you basically take a plant that has really good characteristics, fuck another plant with it the next thing you know you got super plant um what's crazy about corn now is now we're doing it with the seeds themselves so before we even have them planted we're 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 changing them their molecular structure with the seeds but like you guys can go ahead and google it's not just fruits and vegetables it's i mean pigs cattle dogs i mean we have absolutely changed everything around our surroundings to fit our needs. 
Um, scientists, uh, so this was from 2003. It's a brief summary of genetic engineering in animals by a, a gentleman named Andrew Perzigan. Uh, Fuck that name up, I'm sure. Yeah, you scientists, that. Scientists are uh, now capable of creating new species of animals by taking genetic material from one or more plants or animals and genetically engineering them into the genes of another animal. So an animal that didn't exist on this earth genetically. Um, physically, yeah, they could look similar too. you know, uh, this allows scientists to create animals that are on one hand, completely foreign to earth and on the other specifically tailored to possess only traits that humans desire in animals. Uh, this means that science can engineer farm animals to grow faster, have healthier meat and flesh and be less able to feel the pain and suffering often associated, often associated with conditions present in modern factory farms. So basically just making them a giant meat hot pocket that we just throw around. Um, I mean, we've been, we've been doing that anyway. Look at like the chickens that we've had and, and, yeah. and turkeys that we have. I mean, we have changed them to the point where uh, the feather colors on their muscle can't develop. White. They can't even walk. They just sit yeah. in one spot. Exactly. I mean, we're getting to a point now where it doesn't matter. We can kind of control and change whatever we want. So that kind of makes a full circle, right? Let's go back to the original topic. So dinosaurs do you think we'll get to a point like if we say this is true and we actually do have an, they found an island full of dinosaur like creatures things we've never seen before do you think we could change them into you know we have real life jurassic park we're going on in our hands i think it could i think it is at that point um you know that island i'm pretty sure there's a guy that looks like colonel sanders that's like no expense spared <laughs> and he's he's making those dinosaurs um i don't know uh we would like to give a shout out to our sponsor local legacy co they are a top-notch branding company that specializes in website designs gaming logos twitch layouts and more with local legacy co you can get a custom design that perfectly represents your brand their team of experienced designers will work with you every step of the way to ensure your vision comes to life so whether you're a streamer looking to stand out, a business owner in need of a new website design, or looking to update your personal brand, Local Legacy Co. has got you covered. Visit their website at www.locallegacyco.com to schedule a consultation and see some of their amazing designs. Thanks again for Local Legacy Co. sponsoring Drunk Discussions podcast. I mean, you, obviously we've all heard the rumors about like during the permafrost that we have mammoths, woolly rhinos that still have DNA, like still have the food in their gut because uh, they were frozen for so long. So if we have DNA, blood, marrow, we could clone those type of animals. But dinosaurs are a little bit of a stretch. You'd have to have something already existing or living and then change the molecular structure of their DNA to get something new. At least with a woolly mammoth or a rhino, you can take something existing, take their DNA, bada bing, bada boom, blown. So genetically, and this is a point that we'll touch on with what you just said. Genetically engineered animals are often created to help medical researchers in their quest to find cures for genetic diseases like breast cancer. Um, so think about it like this. Why would you do a dinosaur, right? Or a fucking, I know they're trying to do a um, what woolly mammoth. They're trying yes. to do woolly mammoth, woolly rhino. Yeah, they're the trying to bring back those. Why would you do that? Well, I would say, and this, this is probably a point that hasn't been looked at, I would imagine, because it's outlandish and fucking crazy, right. but that's the shit we say. Um, say the permafrost is melting, right? Every single, 
I'm sorry. Every time they're going out to do testing of the water that's uh, um, you know being melted off and the permafrost melting, they're finding new strains of ancient viruses, um, forty-eight thousand-year-old viruses, and they're like, "Oh shit! You know, this is uncovering viruses that have been laying dormant for you know." Right, but I also of thousands of years. I'm not as scared with viruses and bacteria because technically, all of those are something that our ancestors have already fought. And we've already built an immune system or immune to. So the likeliness of one of those viruses or bacteria actually causing us harm is unlikely. Because I've, I've watched uh, a TED talk over this. Because um, like every single virus and bacteria over our span of existence that we have fought, we have changed ourselves as well along the way to, you know, our body to fight that. So the I'm likeliness talking, of something like that to hurt us. I'm talking viruses that aren't uh within the time frame of humans you know shit that's older than humans which means there is no millions of years buddy you to think homo sapiens sapiens which we what we are now is 350,000 years old right but you also didn't have you didn't have that was before the last ice age my guy so say you had neanderthals or whatever um over in europe right Yes. What what is now modern day Europe, and you had viruses that existed on other continents that never made it over. For example, when we brought the flu over, the Spanish conquistadors brought over the flu to the uh, the Indians and killed a lot of them. Right. Yes. Um, the flu existed, but the Indians have never seen it before because they're in one place, the other ones in the other place. So what I'm saying right. is, there's shit that your body has not built up immunity to. Um, it's just like the humans are de-evolving or evolving if some people say that to get rid of uh the one thing your back okay. teeth your tail yeah. shit like that um so wisdom teeth your pinky get, toe wisdom teeth that's what i was talking about yeah i could probably take mine off i don't think i need it your anymore. pinky just, toe or your wisdom teeth <laughs> both i have to get my wisdoms removed you should yeah you really should dentist was like hey you need to get this removed. Uh, we only need to remove one of them. I was like, oh. And she said, if you're removing one, you want to get all four removed. I was like, oh. So. Yeah. You do. Uh, it's not a fun process. I had mine done. And uh, mine was during, right before I went for the military. And man, do I tell you what. Does that shit suck? Because if you do it through the military, they're just like, all right, here's a thousand, you know, whatever, 900 milligram ibuprofen. Have a nice freaking day. And. Um, there's, sorry, there's some, uh, good points in the chat. Um, we do have, uh, do we have the proper climate and ecosystem to sustain those animals? Um, so you're bringing back the woolly mammoth. What's the point of, uh, yes uh, and no. I mean, if we did do this right, more than likely they would be in a, a habitat that we create. We're not going to just let these animals roam free again. They right. would be in almost like a zoo like state. We'd have to, I mean. We, we, we make enclosures for animals now, like polar bears, um, hippos, stuff like that, where obviously they're not going to survive here in Ohio or Florida. But we, we create and change the environment to fit their needs, just like we do with ours. Um, so I don't think I'm, we're ever going to see these animals living or running free again in the wild. No. Um, but it's more like, what's the saying in Jurassic Park? Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Oh, shit. Just because you can play God doesn't mean you should. That's right. what he says. Yeah. That's so, a, like, going back to the viruses real quick, though, <laughs> before you said uh, you're not worried about them. Um, well, you would probably bring back 
the genetic makeup of a dinosaur because depending on or or depending on the time that the virus originated because maybe they have uh, immunity that can be derived from that um, or or healing properties the way that they um, take in oxygen or carbon dioxide the way that body processes it maybe it can be adapted to humans in a in a medical world um, that could be beneficial right um, you know hard to say i mean it's sort of like football players right if a football player could get a lab scientist together and say hey we're gonna bring back fucking some og bipedal humans that are fucking tanks that are meant to you know fucking fight woolly mammoths and saber-toothed tigers and shit like that and run for a countless amount of hours and have way more endurance than we do yeah yeah you would fucking you you couldn't tell me if a if a nfl fucking sports team could afford to do that they would it wouldn't i mean they probably they, they could do. afford to do it but they won't um because yeah. you know they're registered as an inter- entertainment franchise not as a sports franchise which i found that out and it was kind of shocking it's like fox news is <laughs> a entertainment franchise and not a actual factual news establishment yeah. yeah cnn's the same way too so yep. i mean that's how they get out of saying the that, ridiculous shit they're like oh they it's get entertainment. <laughs> fucking loopholes but i mean so here's the thing right um going back to that like the environments of them um do you find do we find that a a, a morality line being crossed like obviously with you know the younger dryas and their food sources going extinct and then us on top of it they were no longer able to compete um so like like, look take this you said the saber-toothed tiger for instance right the saber-toothed tiger was the largest apex predator in North America. Like, nothing else can stand up against it. Uh, but the reason it died off wasn't because of humans. It's because its natural food that it was eating died off. So, like, and then on top of it, the size that it had for it, its teeth and its just natural size, it needed to eat a lot. And they couldn't anymore, so it died off. Uh, and smaller things like pumas and lynxes and bobcats were able to fill that niche. Uh, so, like, is there a moral ground uh, for us bringing something like that back? And would it be cool to do omnivores or herbivores over carnivores? Like, would we bring back, you know, a bronchiosaurus that just eats grass and leaves and, you know, treetops versus, hey, let's bring back a velociraptor? Like, I don't think we're going to just jump straight to carnivores if we ever do reach that point. I think we're going to keep it safe, and we should. Um, and, and work with herbivores more than anything. What if, and this is this is this is Connery. This is this is classic Connery after he's had a beer. You what have if another one? You raise like the uh, bronchiosaurus, the the big old fucking tall boys. You know the tree eating tall boys to help solve world hunger. You, you just you breed them to feed people. That's a lot of food. I would imagine. I, I I don't know how it would taste. I would imagine it's not too gamey either because they're very slow moving. Do you think it's a tough meat? It has to be. I mean, you have to think that these dinosaurs are, uh, you know, in a sense, birds and reptiles. And so it'd be like a beef chicken. <laughs> that sounds al- delicious. Alligator chicken. Alligator. Fucking red meat chicken. Yeah, I'll take that. A little rare. A little yeah, rare. Yeah. One- what? One flank stink is like the size of an SUV, though. The cock on those things it could be a 10 for a, a, a up and coming civilization. Like, 
there's so many practical uses uses or, to, to raising dinosaurs. Obviously, woolly mammoths uh, taste fantastic since we like helped kill them off. I mean, the tactics that uh, early humans and, and Homo sapiens used to kill woolly mammoths. Do you know them? Have you did you read about that when you were in school? Oh, sorry, what? Like the tactics that us as humans use. Like we still have them because we would draw them on caves. Oh, so yeah. like what we would do is obviously one would spook them and then we would line up periodically to scare the herd to the direction that we wanted. And we would lead them to a cliff and scare them off the cliff. They would fall to their death and then we would collect the meat, the tusks, the fur, and everything. And like we decimated herds of, you know, rhinos, mammoths. And we did it with bison too, when the bison, you know, with, when we got into the new world. So, I mean... Humans will find major, the easiest yeah, way to kill something. Absolutely. We're, we're like the nowadays, major problem. Na nowadays, it's just a gun and a school. Um, so, <laughs> that was a bad joke. I'm it so was. Sorry. Oh, my God. Too soon? Oh, sorry. I know it happens every day now here. Um, so, one thing that I read here that I think is going to play an issue. If we, Let's hypothetically talk like we have been this entire fucking episode and say, yes, they're going to bring back dinosaurs for one reason or another, right? Patents give scientists monopoly over their genetically engineered animal species, something before unheard of in modern economic systems. Typically, animals could be owned, but never an entire species. If you were to technically bring back a dinosaur, it would be... There, there wouldn't be a regulation you could put on it because it's the, the entire species itself is owned, right? So sure. you could literally do this just to slaughter them, like you are with you know every other livestock animal out there nowadays. But... I don't well, think the morality what? is going to be a thing because it, it's sort of like fucking Iron Man, right? What's the point of watching anymore if you're just going to bring back somebody that's supposed to die, right? That makes sense? That makes Not sense. Not really. No. So, you, you had me, then you lost me. The mor morality comes in because you're worried about an endangered species. You want to do everything you can, like fucking getting rid of plastic straws to save the turtles. But that goes out the fucking window if you can just bring it back. Right. But it's a little bit more complicated than that, right? So obviously we're going to hit a time where it won't be, and we've probably solved that. But in order to clone or bring these things back, you have to take something that is already existing and then take the DNA of something that is deceased or gone. So like in the case of woolly, woolly mammoths, we'd have to take their DNA and then crossbreed it with like an African elephant. So it's not right. going to be a true woolly mammoth. It's going That'll to be, be a crossbreed between yeah. them. Same with like the dodo bird and a chicken. Same thing. Same thing. Dodo birds were fucking delicious. Well, we killed them off for a reason, so I agree. They're easy to kill. They're stupid birds. Well, they would walk right up to people. Like, they yeah. would literally walk up to you, and you could just snap their neck. It's, it's a reason why animals... It's, there's a reason why baby animals are so fucking cute. Because if you're not a cute baby animal, we're gonna fucking murder you. Humans will eat you. Right. Dodo and birds, birds in general... Cute. Have you ever seen a cute baby bird? No, those fuckers are ugly. That's why we murder them all. Now, I don't get the concept of baby cows. I think it's just because they're delicious. Like veal? Oh, so good. Fuck. But I couldn't be a vegan. I couldn't do it. I was on TikTok uh, this morning, uh, pooping. And I, there was a live stream from PETA. And, and they were on a beach. They were wearing, like, bloody clothing. And then in, they were holding up signs. And in front of them, they had uh, people wrapped in what looked like cellophane and shit to like mimic raw dead meat and they're naked i was like this is what you do when you protest you're sitting out on 
fucking uh, 80 degree beach, 85 degree beach in cellophane wrapped up. And you're like, you know what? To get my point across, I'm going to look like raw meat and I'm going to sit on this blacktop. Fuckers are idiots. Yeah. I can't stand PETA. It, it, I feel like they're, the, the idea that they're going with is like, I understand. Um, but we'd, we're, we're not at a point where we can with. Oh, a- sorry. Could you repeat that? You completely stroked out. Not, I thought I fixed that problem. Damn it. It's probably because I just put this thing back together. <laughs> put it in yeah. the lot. But uh, um, no, I'm... Ron Hole, Ron Hole, Ron Hole, pull out. Ron Hole. But five, I'm saying, five like, men on me, they're coming. We're not at a point in a human race to just be specifically and only, uh, you know, vegetable and grass or, you know, whatever, you know, dependent. We have to have meat and nutri- other types of nutrition into our, our diets. I mean, we are omnivores after all. Like our ancestors were omnivores and them before. Um, so it's a little hard to just change your makeup as a as a species just like that. Do I think we'll reach that point? Yeah, absolutely. Potentially we'll get to that point. I mean, we're already doing uh you know, lab grown beef, we're doing, you know, lab grown vegetables and, and, and food. We've already genetically, like we talked about, changed the makeup of damn near everything on this planet. You know what? So back in the day, carbon dioxide levels were very, very high. That allowed animals to grow larger than life. Um, same with plants, right? So plants were able to process high, high amounts of carbon dioxide and ex- exhale them, whatever they do, um, mm-hmm. and you know, clean up the air quality. So I could see a point of bringing back older plants to help with you know, air, airborne pollutions, things like that. Um, and I'm sure they're already working on something like that. See, now there is a problem with that, right? Now here's my only thing. So say we get, so everyone's like, oh, you know, back when, you know, the Cretaceous period and the Jurassic period, everything was massive. Um, and certain periods before that. But like, the thing is, is when you have higher oxygen levels and carbon dioxide levels, you have less like hydrogen and methane and everything else. Things get really big. So the reason we had arthropods that were the size of, you know, cars and school buses and we had, uh, you know, dinosaurs that were, you know, 60 feet tall in length is because we had a higher oxygen and carbon dioxide level into the atmosphere um, versus these other gases that we have into it. So, I mean, if we do change the planet as well, I think that there could be some catastrophic, you know, side you know, effects that could happen upon us long term, so, not short term, but long term. From uh, the bulletin.org, uh, there's an article talking about um, a plant that could save civilization if we let it. Uh, and some of the processes that they're working on. Uh, so there's countries in Africa, South America, and South Asia that are going to be hard hit by 2050 just by the changing of the climate, which is, you can't really deny it at this point. Um, Canada and Russia may be able to grow more crops than they currently do, but they're going to—they're having energy researchers pursue a mix of technologies known as carbon capture, utilization, utilization, and storage. I don't know why I stroked out on that one. Or or CCUS, CCUS, which entail capturing carbon dioxide from industrial emissions before it can be released into the atmosphere and converting it into something more useful or storing it deep underground. Um, so there's tax credits for implementing these carbon uh, capture technologies um, with genetically modifying plants and things like that. But they're saying that there's a specific plant that they're trying to bring back through um, that through photosynthesis, a type of carbon fixing, they pull out more than 860 gigatons of carbon dioxide each year. 
See, um, again, storing it in the leaves, shoots, and roots. The problem here is us trying to fix it. The, the, you know who fixes the planet the best? The planet, Mother Earth. When yeah. she has a problem, she naturally does it. Like, you have to remember, during the Jurassic and Cretaceous period, there was no polar cap. Like, the water levels were higher. The land, we had Pangaea that went at a point, or when it was breaking apart. So, like, when we're freaking out, like, we're losing our caps, it, it, it naturally occurs that through, our, through, through time. We we're have times where up. we don't, we have times where we do. We have times where our caps are larger during an ice age, we have times where it recedes. I just, I don't think we're helping it. I think we're accelerating it, but I think we're already on a way to no ice caps. We're already on that trajectory. It just, we're accelerating it. There's this person, and male or female, or they, them, I don't know, Joanne Chori, a plant biologist and geneticist. Uh, she's the direct, uh, is, is the director. There's no, there's no pronouns here. Uh, of the Plant Molecular and Cellular Biology Laboratory at the Salk Institute for Bio Biological Sciences. I'm these beers are phenomenal. I'm warm. I'm really getting you, huh? Cheers. Fuck, I feel that, like I've actually. had five beers already. Um, anyways, so she created an initiative called Harnessing Plants for the Future to develop a super plant that will both provide food and store carbon dioxide in its roots. All plants produce subarin, a waxy water repellent carbon rich compound, also known as cork, that protects roots and resists decay. Coastal grasses make a lot of it to keep water out of their roots. It is one of the most stable substances around uh, persisting in soil for hundreds, possibly thousands of years. One of uh, Chori's goals is to develop a perennial plant and make it more suburban uh, than existing varieties to help clean up carbon in the atmosphere. Uh, I think there's some good places that this is going, but um, what movie? It was Jurassic, Jurassic World, the last one, where they had genetically modified crops and they... Um, they force people to use it and it, it would only grow and right. Or it would grow really well, make a lot of money, but you had to use their own seed. And in order to get other farmers to use that seed, they developed genetically modified locusts that only specifically attacked um, non-modified plants. Yeah. 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 Which Sorry. ended up taking, uh, attacking literally everything other than the crops that they genetically changed. So, I mean, yeah. I, again, we're talking about a movie like, movie magic is like we always try to go for the worst possible outcome and try to overcome it i don't think we're on that way for like the worst possible outcome with this like i don't think if we make you know a woolly mammoth or a rhino that it, all of a sudden it's gonna you know take its own course and they're gonna change naturally uh, we've changed genetically like we've talked about so many different types of plants so many different types of animals over the time period and the only one that i think has gotten out of hand is pigs yeah, so last week, scientists from the University of Edinburgh Roseland Institute announced they had deleted the section of DNA that leaves pigs vulnerable to uh, porcian reproductive and respiratory syndrome, which is an estimated cost to European farmers at $1.5 billion a year in loss of livestock and deceased pro uh, productivity. So they essentially took out an entire section of DNA, and they're like, this is pigs now. Yeah. Um, the thing is, is pigs... I don't think it's a bad thing. As a whole, right? They're the one species that is able to adapt to pretty much every climate. Super smart. Right? They're super smart. They're able to change their appearance for their surroundings. Like if you just take a normal pig and you, you let it loose, it becomes feral. It grows thicker hide. It grows more fur. It grows tusks for digging. 
like it's able to change to its surrounding. It's the only thing that's comparable to like us, where it can physically change itself in order to survive. Like humans, you know, grow more hair in colder climates. Um, yes. Yeah, pigs. Pigs are pretty cool, though. That the baby pigs are fucking cute. But bacon is delicious. It is. It is delicious. But I think as as I was down on vacation, we went to the swimming with the pigs. You know, everyone talks about it. You've seen it on TikTok. You've seen it on Instagram. All over social media, and it's adorable. And you know, while we're talking to them, we're we're they're asking like you know, I'm asking the questions like so like, how did they originally get here? And their story, there I don't know if there's truth to this, but they say that a, a Spanish ship crashed into the Baha- crashed off the coast of the Bahamas and other islands around the Caribbean. The pigs survived. They went to the island and they were able to survive naturally. They were able to adapt to swimming and cross to other islands. Apparently pigs are great swimmers. Didn't know that. Um, but like they're the only thing that's able to survive. They can be in the tundra of, of Russia and Siberia. They can be in the desert. They can be in the Carib- Caribbean. They can be in the forests. No matter where you put a pig, it's going to be able to survive. I'm going to go ahead and uh, fire off a few crazy things that have been genetically modified, and one of which are mosquitoes. Mosquitoes have been uh, genetically modified, the male mosquitoes, to carry what's called a self-limiting gene. <laughs> Fuck, that was, that was a hell of a sneeze. My throat hurts now. Um, <laughs> so when they're released into the wild, the mate, um, they mate with females. Their offspring, though, don't reach adulthood. So crucially, aren't able to actually spread the um, Zika virus along with um, putting in a genetic modifier to curb the spread of malaria. That's pretty cool, especially for, for de- uh, developing countries. Uh, cows, um, Argentina and China um, genetically modified cows to produce milk similar to the composition to that made by humans, um, which is really cool, especially if you, um, for how uh, there's formula shortages, how there's um, mothers that just don't lactate. They don't, they, I mean, having we did it with, issues. For- for not just milk, but also for protein purposes. The Angus beef that we do now, we change them to produce more muscle and be stronger from their testosterone to get more meat. Uh, I mean, the goats that we have now, we were able to change their boar, the boar goats that we have to also do the same thing, produce more muscle for more meat. I mean, we're over time, if it's something that we like, we change it. Chickens, like- uh, chickens. I'm Dang. sure you're not surprised. Uh, the Roslin Institute is working on genetically modified chickens that contain an extra gene that interrupts the transmission of avian flu. Uh, however, some farmers argue it is better to enforce good farming practices than create disease-free animals. Good for those farmers. Um, salmon is uh, the last one on this list. Last year, the Canadian authorities allowed a genetically modified salmon designed by the U.S. company Aquabounty to be sold to consumers. It is engineered to reach market size in 18 months, half the time of its natural counterpart. However, the fish is not labeled GM in shops. A recent survey found that 90% of Canadians are in favor of clear food labeling. Good for you, you Canadians. But it's crazy. I mean, you have to also look at, like when I was researching crops, like the number one reason we did it is it's like a natural pesticide. We were able to change these crops genetically to fight off locusts, crickets, mites, other insects that would normally destroy crops or rotations for us. So that was like the main interest was like preserve the actual crop. Then it was the output, total you know revenue on how much we can produce from that, that yield. So I mean, again, if we want it bad enough, we could change it. So I guess... How bad do you want to see a woolly rhino, bro? Pretty bad. I bet Pretty the babies bad. are cute. I bet they're freaking adorable. 
Yeah. Um, We'd still just end up having poachers, though. Again, it brings the subject, though. I think it'll open up the variety of food across the board. If you're not worried about something going extinct, you can just bring it back. Or you can keep it alive by cloning it, which cloning is a genetically modified way also. Um, so, I, that puts more stuff on the board. Like, I'm sure elephant's delicious. One of the ones that I was... It's my favorite animal. And, it, and it's mo- one of the more recent extinctions in our... You know, in not our time period, but within since the 1900s. Um, the thylacine. We've talked about them before. I think they're freaking cool. Um, and I, I think we talked about it not long ago. We were talking about the clones that we had. We actually did try cloning this originally, this animal. Uh, for you that don't know, the thylacine is the Tasmanian tiger. Um, it's one of the only species on the planet that was able to evolve to fit a niche where canines couldn't in Australia. So it, it fit that niche as a marsupial to still hunt in a pack setting on four legs and fit a niche like canine. Wait a Super second. Cool Tasmanians were able to, they had the little pouch? Yeah, Tasmanian tigers. It's a marsupial. So um, they had baby tigers inside their bellies. It's not a tiger. It's more like a dog if you look at it. But regard, it had the stripes on the back end. So they're like, oh, that it's dog. called a Tasmanian tiger. But what's really cool is for how many years it's been like, oh, it's been 90 plus years regardless. This thing this, this is extinct. It was like 1908 or 1910 when one of the last ones we had in captivity. Um, but regardless, there was one this year captured in color in daytime on a trail cam in Tasmania. And that's if there's cool. one that's at full adulthood, that means there's more than one. Because there was a breeding pair, at least for this that period of time. Uh, so, hmm. I mean, sometimes we think something's extinct, and it's not. Uh, but regardless, now we're having to try to send in to research this area, find that animal to help keep it alive. We need to keep it alive. Because that is a cool animal. I mean, the, the, the length, the, the ability for it to open its jaw and detach its jaw like a snake, in a sense, and open it wider, super sweet, super awesome. If you have time to look at this animal, guys, do it, because it's my favorite. Uh, have you heard of DARPA? DARPA? DARPA, the Defensive Advanced Research Projects Agency. What's that? So apparently it's uh, instilled by the Pentagon, right? Um, and they're working on a project called the Safe Genes Program. Um, and this this is this is like genetic warfare that they're doing research on. So the Safe Genes Program supports force protection and military health and readiness by protecting service members from accidental or intentional misuse of genome editing technologies. Um, so additional work will leverage advanced gen- gene editing technology to expedite development of advanced pro pro philactic and therapeutic treatments against gene editors. So they're saying that there's companies out there that are working on weaponized gene editing, um, which some people are, um, have been bringing up dioxins, uh, especially after the train derailment in East right. Palestine. Um, did you hear about that? LabCorp, the like only company that will actually test for dioxins, stopped testing for dioxins just recently. Really? Yeah, you know who owns LabCorp? Who owns LabCorp? BlackRock. <laughs> of course. Same company it, that owns the train company and media. Of course they do. Yeah, go figure. I, I called that, so two weeks ago, I put on TikTok. Speaking of which, if you don't follow us on TikTok, um, my videos are obviously pretty good. I put out there um, just by the amount of fucking people that watch them. Um, I think I've had one video hit 70,000. 
another one that hit 120,000. So thanks for watching those. Um, but I talked about it two weeks ago about dioxins and people should be going to get tested for dioxins because that will chem that will genetically change your DNA to have an increased ra risk for cancer. Um, what you're saying is I need to leave Ohio ASAP. Or go get tested for dioxins in your blood. So it has a half-life of seven to nine years and it lives in your fatty tissue. Um, so and, and it lives in fatty tissue of, of livestock. So you can go grab a steak. If, you, if there's a lot of fat on that steak, it could contain dioxins and you're just polluting your body. So yeah, um, it's serious. Like really fucked up how bad it is. Um, and two weeks later, there's a news article saying um, the, they're looking at just completely evacuating the town and relocating people because of a dioxin issue in East Palestine. So something that I was brought to my attention that I didn't know uh, is that the U.S. government, when um, situations like this occur, is able to go in. If it's deemed not safe or not livable, they can, without your consent, pretty much purchase your la the land that it happened on, right? And a lot of these times with these spills, they're able to then purchase prime farmlands because of it. Uh, it's happening now in Pal East Palestine. It's happening around the country where there's chemical spills or petroleum spills, oil spills, where they deem it like it's not safe for crops or people to live in, and they're able to then uh, get this land, you know, without, in a sense, your consent. Right. Well, it's, uh, what, imminent domain? In, yeah, intimate, in, in, yeah, that. Intimate domain. In they get up intimately on your house, and they say, I like your shutters. But I was looking at some of these other things that we're talking about bringing back, other than the woolly mammoth that went extinct 4,000 years ago. We have the aurochs, which is a type of bull that went extinct in 1627. We have the capsin, capsaicin tiger, which was in 1960s. We have the thylacine, which was like the 1930s, which is my favorite. Again, gotta watch it. Um, we have the baji, which is a type of like long-nosed porpoise. Uh, you know, it's, it went extinct in the two, early 2000s. Um, we have the ibex, which is a cool, we've, you guys have probably seen them. They're really only in captivity. They're not yet extinct, but they're on the... about adult... dick dicks? No, no, no. The expin or Ipinx, or whatever. It's a long-horned goat, really. Uh, we used it a lot of it for, for cash. dick dicks. No, no. You're thinking the small little guys. Dick dicks are small. These guys are big. Fucking dick dicks are so cool. They are cool looking. Um, they're like baby deer, dude. I bet the venison. Uh, is it a venison? No, no. Dick dicks is a type of goat, I thought. So if they're... I mean... We call Fuck them bucks and, and does, but they're, I don't know if they're in the same family. I gotta we'll look see. it up. You can look uh, it up, but the passenger pigeon's another one. Wait, hold um, on a second. What does dick dick taste like? You're about to get one hell of a fucking search. Um, that is not what I wanted to see. Um, apparently it's salty, fishy, and sour. Oh no, that's a penis. That's what Quora is saying, penis. Um... 17 girls tell it like it is what their boyfriend's dick tastes like. That's an interesting article. Um, so here's something that's cool. Right? Spell dick dick? Is it D-I-C? D-I-K. I think it's D-I-K. Oh. But um, so oh, there's yeah, three is. different ways of genetic breeding, right? So obviously the newest one is cloning. And that's what we're, talk we're talking about now is clanking one. But then there is genome editing, which is what we're more al along the lines of what we're you take an extinct species. Uh, and then change the genome with an uh, you know an ex uh, an existing species. 
and then we have selective breeding, which is the majority of what us as humans have done is selective breeding. We did it with, you know, our dogs, we've done it with cats, and our crops, obviously. So those are like the three main uh, ways that we do our gene editing. But the biggest one, the most prolific one, is going to be selective breeding. That's what we've done for a long thousands of years. Um, but cloning is probably one of the ones that's the most interesting. Um, so you're only, with cloning, you can take the extinct species, and then you can, you know, alter it, put it into an existing embryo of, you know, like, say, this goat, right, the uh, Ibec, and you put it into a goat that's similar, and then you're able to then pop out this almost hybrid of an animal that we have, and we call it in the cloning. Um, so there's very similarity, a lot of similarities between these three. Um, whether or not we're going to be doing that with, like, the mammoths or the ibex or the thylacine, it's going to be very hard, especially with the thylacine, because, like, there's nothing else that is even close to alive or relevant that we could use as a host. So it would have to be almost 100% cloning. There's no selective breeding. There's no genome editing. We can't mix it with something that's already existing. There's nothing like it. Uh, so it's going to be extremely hard for us to do that with some of these species that are completely gone. There's nothing that's even close that that resembles it. Um, but, I mean, if you guys have time, there is a, a website. It's uh, you know called Weird Bugs on How It Works. It goes over the, the details of, you know, cloning, genome editing, and selective breeding exactly down to literally the molecular structure of what they're going to be doing to get their, you know, ideal animal out of it. Um, so, Dick Dicks. Back to the Dick Dicks. Back to Dick Dicks, dude. Found an article. You should, uh, this one's about, is it kosher? Recently, I had an amazing opportunity to travel to South Africa, where there I'll be staying with a local tribe. One of the animals they're likely to encounter is a dick dick. I'm wondering if it's okay to eat. Um, they're asking if it's kosher, but I can't find anything about it, how it actually tastes. Did find out though, that their metabolic requirement per kilogram is so high that they must con consume more food per kilogram of its body weight than all, um, you know. That's crazy. Basically, they have to eat more than what they actually burn, which is stupid. So, back to the moral question, right? Is it more morally sound to bring back animals that, you know, we, we killed off and that we're able to still fit a niche in an area like the, uh, the Cuban macaw or the Carolina parakeet, like things like that versus a woolly mammoth or a, a woolly rhino, something that's been extinct for thousands of years versus something that's only been extinct for a couple hundred if a hundred thirty thousand dollars it can go have 18 hunting trips for dick dicks i'm actually tempted paul do you want to go to south africa and go hunt dick dicks no i'm not gonna go hunt same thing that's almost it's, extinct it's, the the license is 550 dollars. go bag one see now let's, if see the thing is, is let's talk that for a second right kind of on that 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 the system so you're talking about going and hunting animals that are, you know, endangered or are going to be an extinct species, right? I'm not. If you can clone them, what's the big deal? At that point, when we get there, we're not there yet. But if we get to that point, then sure, I don't really care, man. If we can just bring them back or, you know, make more of them, fine. But like, I have a lot of problem when people are like, oh, I hate, um, you know, hunters that are going and killing the elephants or rhinos. You have to remember when it comes to trophy hunting, um, majority of the proceeds from the hunt go to conservation they go to the facilities that are helping bring these and animals the, to the food them alive. the food goes so, to the tribes that are local things like that they're literally like these animals are selected by these preserves because they're either no longer to produce 
or doing harm to the herd. So like that big image of the um, the, the guy that owned uh, Jimmy John's, right? Everyone freaked out because he killed an elephant, right? You remember that? It was a couple of years yeah, ago. I think I it was like 2014 that. and everyone freaked out. That elephant was no longer able to breed. And as a bull, it was killing the baby elephants in the herd because it was still bigger than its next rival, but it can no longer breed. So it had to be put down. So what that preserve did is then auction off the sale to kill that animal on a hunt. And then all the proceeds go back to the preserve to boost up the herd and the total number. And people don't realize that. They just see an image of a dude shooting an animal that they think is, you know, that is like too precious, too, it has to be protected. It's like, I get that. I get the, the rage that you're probably feeling, but you need to dig in more when it comes to that. Like this, this money generated from this hunting group it, it, or hunting in general goes to conservation. Like the largest producer of money for conservation in America is hunting, the North American Hunting Club and the NRA. If you don't believe me, look it up. It's absolutely insane. All the money, or majority of the money for conservation comes from hunting or from, you know, sales of, or towards that tags in, in wildlife. You, um, you, you dying over there? I was reading a comment. Um, so let me ask you this about morality. You want to bring back a long gone animal. What about a human? They both want a living thing. Where will the line be drawn? I like that. Oh, that is a good question. Ooh. So, I mean, they even touched that in Jurassic World. The the child, you know, that they're protecting in that is a clone of the original scientist. Um, you know, people have this. You're. I wouldn't bring back Paul, and the reason why I say that is you Paul's fucking dickhead. Paul's the person that I know today because of a life path. Paul could be a drug dealer. He could be a gangster. He could be a, in the Mexican but cartel if he clone, took one direction different. The clone that you are producing isn't going to have those same memories. They're not going to exactly. have the core memory. They're not going to have the same lifestyle that you were brought up into to potentially put you down that path. So you're just all you're doing is making a copy genetically of that person they're not they're going to have a completely different mindset and lifestyle compared to the person that they were cloned after but you would consider it a person you would consider it life yes it's alive it would just be another person it'd be like a twin even though but, we brought it into this world and it wasn't natural it's still alive i mean think about it this way again here's the going back to star trek i again freaking trekkie it is what it is your mic cut out again I, uh, yeah going back to star trek going back to star trek again because i'm a trekkie i love it data right he is an android and they have to constantly fight to show that he is alive like yes he is a robot yes he was constructed but did he have a, does he have a conscious does he is he self-aware like these are things that help us determine at least with on a human level or humanoid level to determine whether or not it is a living thing or a lot i think the morality factor will come into play if you're just using it as a suit so say down the road, you can go ahead and transfer over consciousness. I, I don't see morality. Yeah, fucking clone people all, all day long. Who cares? You're just making another person, right? You're still having to transplant that uh, embryo into a woman. Still, or uh, be a test tube baby, whatever. Um, but you're still having to do all this different stuff. You're making, a, uh, you're making life. That's it. Now, if you were to make life for down the road to just have it stored and transfer the consciousness into that body, like a younger age body version of you down the road. Yeah. Morality. That's pretty fucked up. That's creepy as fuck. Um, that's some crazy shit. Uh, that's some 
that's some like black mirror type shit. Um, but the, the question that I have for you, Paul, and it's also from the comments, this two part question for you. What about an old historical figure or a distant loved one, like an ancestor? So there's that question. My question that plays off of that. If you could bring back baby Hitler, would you kill baby Hitler if it's a clone baby Hitler? Or would you? Your question is absolutely is out there. Because again, I'm going back to this. That clone is not going to have the same life grown up as it defer after who it's cloned after. So even if you brought back, you know, baby George Hitler. Washington, baby Hitler, whatever you, whoever you want to bring back, they're not going to be that person. Yes, they're genetically and their makeup is that person, but they're not going to be that person. Genocidal. Yes, they're not going to have the same things that over a period of time led them down that path. They're not. But you can add nature versus nurture. Yeah, that that's a decent point. But again, so just needed a better better mother. You know. So some of these, I'm I'm looking through some of these animals also that are on these lists of. There's a I guess a top 100 of lists that we want to of a species we potentially want to bring back. Uh, really, the moa. This is a nightmare for me. Have you heard of the moa? Is that a bird? The moa is a giant flightless bird from New Zealand that reached 12 feet tall and weighed more than 600 pounds. It died out because of overhuntering by the Maori by about 1400. The closest relative to be found is from South Africa. Like, this thing is massive and it's terrifying. It's a, it's a fucking dinosaur. And it's that on sounds, this list. That sounds delicious. There's a reason why. Like, if, if you hunt something to extinction... That's delicacy. That has to be fucking amazing. A little bit of spicy herb butter. There's mm. the elephant bird, which is another flightless, huge bird that we killed off during the 17th century. Like, there's a lot of these birds. And again, you're like, what about for food sources? I get that. Uh, the Ibex, one of them. There's, um, there's so many. Like, you guys have to look at these. My favorite, though, other than the thylacine, that would be really cool just to see that we'd have back the Irish elk. Why? Do you know... Have you never okay? So you've seen Lord of the Rings, right? Yes. Oh, you're you know, talking about the big fucking stag. Yes. Yeah. With the huge antlers. Like this thing was bigger than a moose. Man. And it had it, the reason it died is because its antlers, they that's how it showed one to protect itself and to fight during mating rituals, and two to, to attract a female. It got so big and so heavy that like a lot of times it would it would harbor them. They wouldn't there wasn't a lot of more open grasslands. So they couldn't just graze openly. There was more woods, so they couldn't just tramp trample through the woods. They'd get stuck. Um, but like that'd be a cool one. It's just a pretty like. There's some animals on here. What I'm saying, like that aren't carnivores. They are herbivores that are potentially worth bringing back. Not just for like you said, food reasons, but more for entertainment reasons. Like to have a zoo. Is it more ethically and morally right to have ones? that are extinct that we brought back to put in a zoo in a climate we've made versus ones that already exist in the wild. I guess it depends if they'll be able to survive in the wild or not, but then you got to worry about there's a, the, uh, you've said it in the beginning of the podcast, Paul, you're like earth is the best healing factor. There's a reason why earth got rid of certain species over time. Right. Dinosaurs not being here is whatever beliefs you have, whether it be an asteroid that killed them all off or, uh, air quality changing. There's a reason, right? If we brought them back and the only way we could keep them alive is to keep them in containment, I don't see that being a problem. Yeah, it's fucked up that they're going to be living in a cage. Yeah, it's fucked up you brought them back. But uh, if they're here and they're delicious, fuck it. 
<laughs> and they're delicious. Just have to throw that point. I mean, again, that's the thing. Like, with things we have to think about uh, is is it more meta or morally sound to bring this thing back that we can one look at as an entertainment and two eat versus things we already have? Like, is it going to be better to eat this Irish elk and breed them? Like, oh, it already died. We brought it back and made it what it is. We'll you know look at it, keep it in containment, and we can eat this, and then we'll let bison and cattle. And, and goats or whatever we have for the replacement live freely. So, like, is there is there a moral ground there? We don't know. No one knows. This is something we always deal with in a dilemma. But I guess that with that being said, guys, thank you so much for tuning into Drunk Discussions. It was an awesome uh, week, and we can't wait to have more. Just go ahead and send us emails. Uh, you know, reach out to us on our our social media platforms. Again, we're still doing this contest. So tell your friends. Have everyone follow us on Twitch. We have so many listeners on Apple Podcasts and Spotify where we're growing at a crazy rate. But we need you to go over to Twitch or YouTube, guys. So give us a follow, like, follow, subscribe, um, help us you, grow. So to, for, for our listeners on the podcast side, not on Twitch, um, if you're kind of like, well, why would I watch live? There's a lot of benefits to it, especially if you're to hop in 10 minutes early. You can really um, throw in your two cents on what direction you want to see a podcast go. Um, for example, we got Sir Barry Buns, who's in the chat. He's a loyal listener. Appreciate you, man. Where's Cherry? Uh, this guy, a lot of the comments I read tonight were from him. So if you want shout outs, if you want us to go ahead and read out your comments, you can help dictate which direction you can see a podcast going. Maybe you want one night that's more conspiracy theory oriented, one night more supernatural oriented, or murder mystery bullshit for all I care. Um, or you want something a little bit more sciencey. You pick it or and we'll go we that A lot direction. of people hit us up on sex. Whatever your topics you want, we listen to our listeners and we'll call you out. So, I mean, Give us a follow, and you could also win some merchandise for it. So why not? We got some brand new merch out there. Um, it's high quality shit. It's awesome. Uh, my coworkers, a few of them, have bought it and they wear it around. Uh, it looks cool. It's great quality. Uh, you can check it out on. Uh, you go to our twitch.tv forward slash discussions, and you'll see a link to it there. Um, but with all that being said, guys, peace. <laughs>